You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Welcome back to Screening in Kingston. We have an exciting uh, episode ahead, much better than uh, than last week's episode, for me at least, Taylor. Last week we got started on a really sour note, uh, but this week, uh, as you can tell, I'm, I'm less frantic. You're in an emotionally better place? Yes, I'm emotionally <laughs> in a better place. I'm not sweating as much. Uh, I didn't just uh, completely make a fool of myself a half an hour before recording. So uh, here we are. And this is going to be a fun episode because we have guests here, Taylor. Your and my favorite time is when we bring guests on. Yeah, because then we can sit back and, you know, not have to worry about making fools of ourselves. We because... don't have to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> we could just sit back and let our guests handle it. Um, exactly. Let's bring them in. So uh, this is this is all part of a, a really fantastic showcase that's going on this summer. It's the Real Outs Summer Queer Film Showcase. It's on right now. It debuted on June 4th. It's on until August 31st. So first of all, let's welcome back Matt, the director of Real Out, our friend of the show. Welcome back, Matt. Hello. It's good to be back. We're glad to have you back. Uh, we've got a couple fan questions that are specifically directed to you, Matt, because people knew you were coming back on the show, and a few things came up in between the last time you were here. So we, we've got some lots of questions for you. We're going to grill you today. Lots uh-huh. of questions for you. <laughs> also with Matt, we've got two filmmakers, which we know our fans love. Um, Kemi and Lizbeth, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, hello. It's good to be here. Oh, thank you both for joining us. Um, as I just alluded to, our fans love when filmmakers come on and love the filmmaking process. So we, we definitely have some cool fan questions for both of you um, from our fans who just love to hear behind the scenes. Right, Taylor? That's, a, that's, I think, the number one question we get is all the behind the scenes stuff. Yep, yep. And for once, well, not... Our guests always have the answers that we don't have, right, Mike? Like, people ask us thinking that we know the ins and outs, so now we can hand it off to actual qualified people to answer (laughs) the behind. It's very true. It's very true. It's also also funny because we we don't have to ask as many questions. Like, you and I, Taylor, don't even have to be interviewers today because our fans did all the work. Love it. As always, like every episode, the fans do the work, and we love you for it. Yeah, so so Kemi, Lisbeth, and Matt, just for some context, um, because we know you can't listen to our show every week. We we know that you just can't do it. Um, but our fans are really, really smart and often are way ahead of us and come up with a lot of questions. That's why we're talking about that. And we've got a lot from them this week. So I, I hope you enjoy hearing from a lot of different people who, who want to know about your, your film process um, and and this, this showcase. So are, are you ready to roll? Yeah, awesome. So ready. Cool. Um, so let's let's start with you, Matt, because as, as I alluded to, we, we have some follow up questions with you. But, but let's just start about this showcase. So we want to know a little bit more. So tell us about this showcase. How did how did this come to be? Uh, give us the ins and outs of, of what's uh, what's going on with Real Out for the summer. Well, it came to be because I, I think like we were trying to think of like, oh, gee, it's June and it's Pride Month and there's nothing really like happening um but but, you know we can't do a parade 
um, and all the activities that Kingston Pride normally organizes during this time. It's just not obviously the right time yet. Right. Um, and so um, we just sort of discussed, like, we knew we had a, you know, our big, the big project, the Intangible Queer, um, you know, in the pipe. And uh, we were trying to think of how we could showcase that and maybe, you know, showcase some of the films that we've screened in previous years at the festival that that were made by or about um, LGBTQ um, mm-hmm. individuals um, in the area. So, so yeah, so yeah. you mentioned we've got so we've got the intangible queer, which we're going to talk about a lot today because we we have the directors here, so we're always going to dive into that. But can mm-hmm. you give us a little bit more about the Limestone City Pride shorts? You're mentioning that mm-hmm. you've screened some of these before. So are these from multiple years? Like they, they've yep. been created over time? Okay. Yeah. So that so they're. Um, so the Limestone City Pride Shorts is a collection of four, uh, four films, four short films. Three are documentaries, and one is by uh, is a is a narrative, but it's based on the true story of um, of Lee, who um, who lives here in Kingston, and um, when he was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis years ago. Um, he uh, decided that uh, as a healing process and a way to cope with his illness, he was going to develop his own tiny house um, that would be accessible um, uh, for his needs. And, um, and so uh, friends of Lee's made this story. Um, Isaac and Josh uh, made this film, uh, Tiny House. Um, And uh, so that's that one. And then there's a, a, a documentary called Farm Sun on Farm Sum Ontario, and it's about a, a gay couple, uh, Jonathan and Xiaobing, who um, have a farm, uh, Farm Sum Ontario, um, that. Um, um, sorry, that's not what it's called. It's called something like Long Road Farm. I'm sorry, and mm. I apologize if no, they're no listening, problem. but it's like Long Road. I think it's called Long Road Farms. It's been a while, but uh, they're just out in Harrowsmith, and um, and you can find them at the uh, Memorial Center uh, Market, okay. um, where Xiaobing um, sells um, his delicious um, dumplings. Um, but the film is just sort of about being urban farmers and being gay and kind of this weird, um, not weird, but just sort of odd um, discovery that was made um, while in this Munich park of wild bear's garlic, which sort of like they found this and they were able to um, use that to um, create these like delicacies. And, oh, cool. And then there's a documentary about Miss Tiffany, the drag queen. Um, mm-hmm. And that was made um, by Sandra Jazz. And that was made uh, in 2008. Um, but Miss Tiffany doesn't look a day over 2008. So it's like it could have been made yesterday. <laughs> um and uh, and then Kingston is burning, which I think is the most interesting of the of the shorts. It was actually um, something that we had I had heard about for years, but nobody knew anything about it. Um, it was on the IMDb, really, and yeah, but there was no. Um, it was a um, a fake name or a pseudonym, I guess, uh, right. as the director. Um, and it, the description was just talking about you know this looking at drag queens in Kingston, Ontario. 
and nobody seemed to know what it was. And yeah. you know, I'd asked around and it, nobody knew who was involved. And I don't remember how in the end we found out, oh, we, we tracked down the, one of the producers and she said that the, that the director was actually James Fowler, who is a very well-known uh, visual artist um, in Toronto uh, and had been living here in Kingston and had made this documentary for, I think, Kojiko mm. or Channel 13 or uh, whatever it was. And yeah, it's a, it's a look at these drag queens um, who were very popular in the early to mid-90s uh, here in Kingston. Wow. So you had to actually track someone down to find this film. Like this was, this took a lot of work to get. It, get it took over one. a year to figure out. A year. Wow. Nobody <laughs> knew. Nobody knew. Nobody remembered it. Yeah. And it's funny. And I, and I, and you know, I, I know uh, a couple of the drag queens that were actually in it, but I guess I just never asked them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should have. That, that would have been a good. Well, place to and it's funny when I brought it up finally, you know, you know, Jess Morgan was one of the, mm-hmm. one of the drag queens and, and Trudy, um, you know, they're like, oh, God, I don't even remember. I, I barely remember that. <laughs> so yeah. I don't yeah. know how much help they would have been yeah. <laughs> in any case. But, but when you, yeah. when, when you're looking at this, this, uh, this collection, th- this is going to be similar to how you, you put your, your short films, your documentaries in real life. You're buying a ticket to see all of them, right? Like you get, you don't have to pick and choose. You, you see all these, right. these short films. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah, to, it's, it's, so the, so the umbrella term is lim- limestone city, Pride shorts, okay. and and you get all four of those films for the for the thirteen dollar ticket for the price. 32. Okay, and then after after like the administrative fees, they are they all of the proceeds from the ticket sales after that go to the artists themselves. So that's awesome. That's really good. Yeah. Hey, and lots of lots of local artists involved. That's awesome to see. That's really great to to see you showcasing all these Kingston stories. Thank like, you. I think so too. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about The Intangible Queer. That's the the film that we're kind of spotlighting today. We've got the two directors here. So Kemi, Lisbeth, do you want to give us just a, a brief little marketing uh, pitch for what, what is your film about? Um, what a good question. The, <laughs> <laughs> the Intangible Queer, I mean, putting, uh, putting it in a nutshell is kind of the opposite of what this piece tries to do. Um, in a lot of ways, we are seeking uh, clarification on what it means as an individual um, to participate in and to have a queer identity, which, um, as the name kind of suggests, uh, starts out a little bit more specific, and the scope only gets more and more broad as the piece continues mm. on. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, my first question, before we do hear from our fans, um, who, as I mentioned, ha- have quite a few questions for both of you just about the process. Um, I just wanted to know about kind of the, the timeline of where this all came in. Like when, when did mm. you, when did you go through the filming process, editing process, and mainly like, did COVID have anything to interfere <laughs> with this at all? Like, can you t- take us through the process? Sure. Yeah, um, COVID is, a, is why this is a film in the first place. It was definitely supposed to be like a live theater piece and we were going to have mm. um, like digital elements, but it wasn't meant to be like a short film on its own. Um, mm-hmm. And COVID is exactly what brought us to where we are. Uh, we started, hmm, we probably started filming um, and doing rehearsals for that in January, February, probably February, yeah. actually. Wow. Yeah. 
we started hiring on a broader team like the piece itself had been devised since the fall so in september we had start working started to work on um a concept and really go through a project development plan and then in january we were hiring team members and kind of trying to visualize like where this project was going to go because it was very difficult um, to project at the time um, what COVID was going to allow us to do in person. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people were feeling that that you just had no idea what you what you could yeah. do in person. Yeah. yeah. So then, like Kemi said, then it was around February when things started to go into production and filming, mm. um, and then after that, oh goodness, Kemi, like we filmed for about a month. Um, yeah. or yeah for about a month maybe a month and a half um and then we were editing for how long were you working with yeah D- and david edited the piece david um, vasos edited the piece and that was the post-production probably took like another month like month yeah yeah um wow. yeah <laughs> wait so it, you meant sorry go ahead uh, I was just going to say that like every every small task that normally can be done in in-person meetings like mm-hmm. very efficiently ha- turned into a lot of like correspondence and notes yeah. and mm-hmm. emails and so um, it was just a matter of getting getting communication down and making sure that we could go through with a project that everybody liked and everybody had approved. So a little bit different for sure, um, doing everything distanced and working collaboratively, um, like over whatever Zoom platforms and the like. Um, But I think we're all pretty happy with how uh, the final product came out. That was actually gonna be my question, like to, to be just kind of like, prompt with all of this stuff that was going on like did you find that like covid had you open up creativity in a way that you didn't think before or was it like a real pain like are you going to be really happy when when you don't have to to deal with this or was this kind of like oh cool we got to do a new thing we would explore more of this yeah um so like i I, like reg's theater company um we produce and our whole thing is like experimental abstract and when we first you know, we're like, okay, theater isn't a thing. We were like, this is ideal for our process because we're you know, trying to think creatively and trying to find different ways to work and to do things. Um, but then like when I was in it, I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I did not like it at all. I was like, this is the worst. Um, and there was definitely a moment where after we recorded everything and then it was in post and I was very much so not a part of like, um, post-production and so I was like Lisa but I think I'm gonna hate this I was like I don't know Lisa but I think I'm gonna hate this (laughs) um and then like I got to see and I was like okay fantastic but it uh it was definitely a challenge and we're very much so open to challenge and open to like creatively thinking and like doing things in different ways but because the restrictions changed like every two weeks um we needed to figure out a um a plan that would not be interrupted um, by anything changing because one week you couldn't see your friends or you couldn't see anybody. And the next week you could like, uh, yeah, anyways, we lived through it. Um, 
yeah um, so I, it was I think thing. yeah a lot of the piece as well um is uh like this bigger collaborative effort um, mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of what has become the final product and what people can go and stream and watch and enjoy now um, is certainly vastly different from the blueprint that Kemi and I were chatting sure. over. Yeah, yeah, even even in January. And that's that's not necessarily like a bad thing, because a lot of what was open ended was planned open endedness um, yeah. and was meant for the activators to interpret and the choreographer to interpret and like, so that it could become something bigger and something that pushed all of us creatively. Um, but that is to say, uh, there's definitely a lot of how the final piece came together that was um, imagined or executed differently from the from your imagination um, yeah. of it. Even in uh, in our act two, we stage what would have been some sort of uh, tea party. Uh, yeah. And that really got changed from it being a shared environmental space um, to almost like a compare and contrast of individual individualism and how each each activator was experiencing their own personal like kitchen environment and making their mm. own beverage um so yeah it, it took the piece on turns but in in a way um that i think will resonate with people who experienced the lockdown as well yeah. it sounds like you're everyone was in very immersive atmospheres which you try to create with live theater but in in film mm -hmm. you get to kind of i think really experience like is that is that your experience as well you got to everyone got to really experience the spaces they were in yeah, um, I would say yes, because we very much so, like, to, to, to space scout, I guess, in a way, we asked mm -hmm. them to, like, send pictures and, like, look in their space, and we very much so did ask them to interact with, you know, these spaces that they've been in for, you know, how long at this point, in a way that they usually have not done previously. Um, I think that, because we asked them to, like, be in their space and do their own things, whereas I think usually if you're filming something or if you like are in your own room um for like a live theater show that's on zoom um you usually have just like a blank backspace or like a green screen up and it's not actually your space so they kind of have to rediscover their space both as themselves but also as the humor that they are embodying mm -hmm. it's such a such an interesting scenario to be in like I, i'm just trying to imagine like i'm sitting here thinking about this trying to imagine as as a director as an actor as a creator as someone in the space where you're going from thinking you're you're going to be producing what was clearly going to be a complex and i'm sure challenging theater piece to now you're adding all these different layers but in ways it sounds like it's enriching a lot of things yeah. that you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, throughout the whole process i think a lot of the informing um like narrative that we were going through was the fact that we did want to continue to consider this piece a live theater piece even though we were going to be recording and distributing it digitally so in a lot of elements of the film we are grappling with 
like creating this live experience or live simulation for the audience mm. to get this sort of same effect. So at different points, we have like heavily layered audio clips so that it's impossible to listen to everything that's going on at once. Um, and the audience mm -hmm. instead has to curate in the same way when you sit in your seat and you're watching a play, um, you might focus on different elements of the scenery or the lighting or different right. characters, depending on, and you, you would have only seen this, this one way. Um, we wanted to like emulate that complexity that couldn't be all taken in, uh, at once. And so everybody's going to come away with a slightly different, like live experience from this show. Um, and yeah. then also like techniques, like shooting it in the four frames so that it almost looks like you're on like a zoom call with these actors mm. as well at points. Yeah. Um, and this idea of like, this is a very familiar live, uh, proscenium type setting that we find ourselves in, um, that it, especially in the case of like Kemi and I were both students this year as well. So got very used to this liveness of like a zoom classroom <laughs> and that <laughs> like that this translates, um, into a film medium as well as a sort of like yeah. us holding on to this idea of liveness and that will convene again. Yeah, that's very cool. Sound, sounds like a very interesting project. I, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to, to watch the film. Um, and uh, we do have some fan questions, as I mentioned. So we've got a couple Ooh. fans here um, who wrote in with specific questions for both of you. Um, so I hope you're you're ready to to be challenged by questions because as yeah. we said these these fan questions some of them are tough I'm like oh wow that's a, they they're digging deep but that's that's <laughs> our fans they love to do that so so the first question comes from Austin Austin's a fan who's, who's written in this show several times um, and Austin says hello screening in Kingston for your special guests this week I was wondering if each of them would mind talking a little bit about what inspires them to create these films I would love to hear from the artists as to what drives them to tell these types of stories and maybe the specific film that they were working on so that's from from austin so can you both ex speak to a little bit about what inspires you to to tell these stories yeah um do you want to go first <laughs> uh, i absolutely do not but i can't <laughs> you're you're right it's a huge question to ask somebody like mm -hmm. what inspires them and why they're doing what they're doing. And for me, I guess in a weird way, it's been like reflecting on my own experiences of like asking that question to other people. So I think Austin, you said it was like, Austin. if, if you were asking questions and you like are, are wondering, then you two perhaps have something, um, that you wish to contribute because I find everybody in, in sharing their own experiences and their own like interpretations of things has only been enriching in my own life. Um, and even like for the sake of agree or disagree or like however you come to engage with a piece of art or film or whatever your medium is, um, like you, you walk away with growth, I think, regardless mm. of whether or not you thought something was good or bad. Um, and so I'm, I'm inspired by other pieces that, um, that made me think, and I hope to continue 
to contribute my tiny little my tiny little piece of brain that I yeah. put into uh, creative pieces so that they might um, ask other people to to consider other humans. <laughs> yeah. ah, that's great. Yeah. And Kemi, what about you? Yeah, I was like to say, first of all, Lisa, your galaxy brain, you have galaxy brain. Do not <laughs> mitigate <laughs> yourself. Um, and I would say that in the same vein as Lisa, um, uh, like interested in, I'm inspired by people. And like, we kind of start all of our processes with questions. Um, and like, like weirdly, like we have questions, but we're not necessarily interested in finding the answers because I don't think that there's any concrete answer to anything. And that can be like big meta, um, well, the understanding, but I think that like, just just inspired by questioning and like what people think about particular things, because like in this piece, piece exactly, like it's, it's so much us as directors, but it is way more the people who collaborated with us and their understandings of their characters and their understandings of what the piece is as a whole. Um, and like, even if you don't understand, that's still understanding. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to end there. (laughs) No, I think I, for both of you, those were, those were excellent answers. And I just, you, you pointed out something there that, that I think you've both mentioned now. It sounds to me like this particular piece has a huge collaborative nature to it. Like it's not, it's mm-hmm. not your, what our fans might recognize as there was a writer and then directors and then mm-hmm. actors. Oh, yeah, it it yeah. sounds to me, this is more collaborative. Am I Definitely. on the track there? Okay. Yes, yeah, we, absolutely. Mm-hmm, we work as like a devising company, which basically devising what it is, is there is, there's no, um, there's no director. And I'm, and I'm losing the word for right now, but um, you'll have someone who is, Like, Kemi and I more or less worked as curators, in a sense, um, where we prompted a lot of questions and spoke a lot at nauseam and uh, interviewed different people um, on their own personal experiences. But really, um, we were taking a lot of different lived experiences and creative direction from a much broader team um again to because we didn't want to have to restrict this idea of of, yeah of of definition queerness Mm -hmm. or that it it needs to be uh defined some somehow (laughs) well so the next fan question actually kind of jumps off that point very well so so this this one comes from Avi, who wants to know about specifically the the weight that comes with telling these types of stories. So Avi Mm. says, how do you handle the weight of telling important stories like these ones that are appearing um, in Reelout's fine programming? Um, Are you simply focused on telling the best story that you can, or do you think about the weight of the types of stories? I myself do a lot of personal writing for LGBTQ plus perspectives. Sometimes when I submit my writings, I'm only really thinking about how this could impact another person, how maybe it could inspire them, or maybe it might offend somebody. I'm not too sure always if I'm telling the best story, how do you handle this? So what do you you both feel about that point, like the, the weight of these different stories that you're telling? Yeah, um, I think weight is very important, and 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 I feel weight, especially when, um, 
like 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 when it like when it's a kind of like my community and people I'm speaking to because it's a question of like who are you accountable to and like if you're saying the right thing so I definitely understand I feel that but um mm -hmm. I I think about experience and I think about and again like this in theater I think about like being in the moment and experiencing this thing with that person um because I think I think when you're sitting in the experience, you're not thinking about you're not thinking about universe, universality of it. You know, you're thinking about this is me and this person having a conversation. You like if your friend is sitting there telling you a story, um, you're listening to them, you're understanding them, you're understanding how you feel about it. You're not thinking about how that like you're not thinking that this is the experience of every single person, you know, um, and I think that once we you know like start to start to go away from universe universality and like storytelling is i think we have need i think we need to be a little bit more selfish with our storytelling um and also if you're wrong you're wrong and that's that's okay um but the experience that you've lived like what you have felt is not wrong um, but like, if someone comes to you and they're like, oh, that's not the story, that's not true. You can always be like, well, that's how I experienced and that's how I felt it. And that is fair and valid. And then I think from there, if they're open to having a conversation and sharing, um, then you build upon the story, you know, it's this, it's like, like storytelling is heavy and it's weighted, but I think that to recognize that it's not a story of everyone and the story never ends um because we continue we live uh yeah that's great yeah that was that's great great cammy good word <laughs> this is such a like no but for real it's so it is we're living at such an interesting time to consider mm -hmm. the weight of telling stories and especially when we get into like different different alternative spaces and different periphery groups and etc like we we make things and we carry this weight i guess like to go off a bit of what kemi was saying as well that like you're sharing space with other people and there might be this chance of like like a unification of like like-mindedness or like this empathetic process of like seeing seeing not only other perspectives, but something of yourself, despite mm -hmm. the differences in perspectives, like that you can go and watch something that isn't your story, but that you can understand and feel deeply and experience wholeheartedly. It, I think, I think it's this weight. It's like it's like a distribution of weight, if anything, yeah. um, is is to create and to continue to create. And I think just like our job as artists and creators is like to to voice our stories, to allow more voices. And I think all good creators and artists also have a a great capacity to listen and i mm -hmm. i think that often gets overlooked in the creation process because like it like they're right it it's a huge weight to talk about different 
um, different lived experiences and different issues. But um, I think the more we listen and reflect with our listening, uh, the more informed and the more growth can come from from an audience as a whole. And mm-hmm. it's a two-way street. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Excellent answers. Yeah. And, and thank you. Um, thank you to, uh, to Avi and to Austin for, for writing those in. Now I've got, I've got two more questions here, but they're, they're, I left them to the end for, for a reason, just before we, we get you both out of here because they're fun and we've got <laughs> some very fun questions coming in and Taylor, um, will we'll want your answers too. Cause it was kind of directed. Mike, those everybody. other those other questions were fun. Oh, they're fun, but yeah. I would say they're also like they're they're deep questions with deep right. answers. I, the, I these are I these you. questions are a great way to I think end. You know, you, you bookend with this. We're gonna we're the last thing we're gonna hear is this, and and once I read the question, everyone will understand. So so we got two. First comes from Josh. We call Josh the Inquisitor because he writes a question in every week. It's like something he's challenged nice. himself to do. I don't know. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. So the question he has, and everybody can answer, and we'll just go. We'll go across and answer this um do you have a favorite area or spot to sit when you're watching a movie when you're in a theater and then he put hashtag back row for life um <laughs> any thoughts here i mean i'm a back row kind of person i don't like up front but anybody jump in do you have a favorite spot to watch a movie um, my favorite spot is simply away from other people <laughs> um, <laughs> you like, you're, you're like your own space yeah <laughs> Um, I like back, it doesn't necessarily have to be back row. Sometimes I even like, like three rows down from the back. This Mm. is specific. Wow. Three rows down from the back in the middle, because everybody goes for the back row. And like Kemi said, there's something about if, if everybody's in the back row, second row gives you like a little bit of buffer room, third, third from the back, great view, (laughs) but you might not get like the like whispering and whatever Mm. that might may come in the back row. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I'm a back row gal, but um, I would say center is more important than very back. So, Mm. you know, like Mm. if, if there's like, oh, a little bit to the left back row. No, no, no. Nay, nay. We're moving up a couple. We're moving up a couple rows because I think you have to be dead center. Like that to mm. me is the most yeah. important. That's fair. Agreed. Agreed. Um, our last question, and this is what we'll get everyone get you guys out of here on. Um, this comes from, I believe, I can't confirm this, but I believe our youngest listener. Because this question, uh, well, I'm going to just read it. It comes from Izzy. It says, hi, my name is Izzy. I am nine years old from Kingston, Ontario. And I'd oh. like to ask all of you, what is your favorite movie? That Aww, comes from Izzy. Izzy. So what's your favorite <laughs> our, youngest, our youngest ever listener uh, wants to know what our favorite movie is. Who wants to start? Ever. I mean, I have probably like 20 movies. Like I have a yeah, lot of favorites. But if I had that's... to pick one, that's what's hard, right? Like what's, what's one movie? Does anybody have a thought? My favorite, mm. I've talked about this a lot on the show. The Secret Garden, like 1993. Oh, true. Um, <laughs> that's like, yeah, I, I love that movie. It's like my feel good movie. You know, you're sad, you're happy, you just need a break. Like, that's the movie I put on, and like, I feel so good. And I yeah, also really true. love Adventures in Babysitting. I'm trying to pick movies that are age appropriate for a nine year old. 
But yeah, in all, is but he in bringing all, the heat? I don't but know. But in all honesty, like, like Izzy aside, I would say The Secret Garden 100%. Mm. And like Adventures mm. in Babysitting, another great. Like a movie I can watch a million times and still laugh and still love it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else favorite? You movie? said this was going to be a fun question, but this might be the toughest one that we've gotten. I I couldn't agree with you more, honestly. Like now that I'm thinking, but like yeah. Izzy brought the heat. This yeah. is the hardest question we've ever had on the show. Yeah, Kemi, do you have a a, a favorite film? Um, I was trying to think, and and I'm actually going to say there's this film called Kung Fu Hustle, um, and like we used to watch it as kids, and it's like back on Netflix. I just think it's hilarious. Um, and it might not actually be that funny, but like, <laughs> like you know, when you watch it as a kid and you're like, it's hilarious, and you watch it again, you're like, it's still so funny. Yes, I've shown it to <laughs> people, and they're like, definitely not laughing as hard as I am. And I'm just like, you need better taste. <laughs> what's so, right, what's wrong with you? That's yeah, I mean. exactly. This is all on you. <laughs> um oh goodness this is it's me isn't it yeah i mean i i was the only thing i can think of is like i you know to throw a couple of, i really like the kind of late 80s early 90s filmmaking where they're still were using a lot of practical effects so yeah. you know jurassic park's always going to have like a, a a special spot for me because it's it, it had so many practical effects in it and back to the future and those types of films so those always pop in my head is they're fun they, their practical effects make them kind of, uh, you know, sometimes feel a little dated, but also it's nice to not have just CGI thrown at you all the time. So those yeah. are a couple ones that uh, that I can suggest. But yes, mm. now it's you, Lisbeth. You're the yeah. last holdout. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think my favorite favorite movies again so hard. Um, one of my right now a uh, really good movie that I like is called Shoplifters, and it came out in 2018. Um, it's a drama crime movie. Um, but when I was a kid, my favorite animated film was a movie called Atlantis. So, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah. Atlantis is a great movie. So, so if Izzy has not seen Atlantis, I tell you, it, it'll change your life, Izzy. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, check out Atlantis. Um, well, so first of all, thank both of you for coming on this show. I mean, we, we love talking to, to filmmakers and, and other artists and people who are making film the community. So first of all, thank you both for, for coming. It was just a pleasure to, to have both of you on the podcast. Thank, thank you, you for, for having us. us. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> you guys yeah, were great. No, absolutely. We love um, the, we love hearing about the process and you yeah, guys did a great absolutely. job sharing yeah. that with us. So thank you. And just thank to you. remind people, the intangible queer is part of real outs summer queer film festival it's going on sorry showcase i should say because there's a bunch of showcase of films it's going on all the way till august 31st so you have all summer to check it out only 13 dollars to see the intangible queer go to realout.com you can get your tickets right there um so thank thank you again and and everyone go we're going to tell everyone we know to check out your film and and we hope that uh, that you're happy with with being able to be part of the showcase we certainly are <laughs> and thank you so much again and we hope that everybody um gets a chance to not not come out but go online and check it out <laughs> yeah absolutely thank you and there we have it that's our, all of our special guests it, it is really great to have them taylor on, on the show I, I love when we're able to to speak to to guests um we get to have that happen a lot actually on this show i was going to say whenever it happens but we're, we're lucky we get to bring on some fun people all the time 
I think, you know, we, even in non-COVID times, we're fortunate that we were able to do it. But one of the silver linings with COVID is I think we've had more guests because, you know, you have to innovate, you have to think of new content and stuff. So yeah, I'm grateful. And we're also really fortunate to live in Kingston where we have such a great arts community um, and people are really passionate about the arts. And I think that speaks to, I know we do have listeners from outside of Kingston, but um, I don't know. Like, I just feel like Kingston is such a special place, you know, like the people are special. (laughs) And it's it's nice. Yeah. And it's nice that the arts community is, is relatively tight where you can kind of, connect with people pretty easily mm-hmm. like you don't have to spend i mean matt was telling a good story about like tracking people down to like find a film and that's probably like the only time that has really ever happened like usually you know who's kind of connected to what like getting getting this set up i just texted matt you know that, that's yeah. it's just hey. i saw his stuff on so <laughs> i didn't even know about the showcase i saw it on social media and went oh this is interesting maybe i'll text matt and see if he wants to come on the show so I- you know I wish I had the opportunity to ask him because, you know, I didn't want to, I hate interrupting our guests, but how does a movie get lost? Like, I know, I do know it happens, right? But like in a, in a community like Kingston, which is pretty, you know, tight knit, especially the arts community. And then you start talking about like the, the queer community. How, how did people just forget that that movie was made like i don't know i guess just time time Time. makes you forget (laughs) things like i don't know no you bring up a good point it sounds like it was made in the 90s so like before Mm -hmm. social media right like so well yeah even knows how it was circulated yeah i i think that that's a a good point that that a film that that was that was created in in the 90s it it was kind of a a different time before the digital age, like how were things tracked? So I think it kind of just happened that way. And, and <laughs> you know, it, sometimes you just lose track of things, but unfortunately we did lose Matt there. Um, people may notice that Matt never came back for more questions. We were having some technical issues and we wanted to make sure that uh, we spoke to, to our filmmakers. So Matt, after doing the first kind of little bit of the show, he bowed out. So ho- hoping graciously, that that would, um, he was very- yeah, graciously. <laughs> Um, hoping that that would fix our tech issues, but it's been a, it's been a weird tech day. Uh, I don't know. Last week was weird starting the show and this week we've had a lot of tech issues. Last week, weird emotions. This week, weird tech. Still weird emotions (laughs) this week, except nothing, nothing weird happened to me five minutes before or a half an hour before recording the show. Um, I'm not, I haven't been stuck in this sauna of a room for, for four hours, so that's a, that's a good thing. But I want to just uh, say that to the people who wrote in, a couple people wrote in fan questions that were specifically for Matt or had sort of components that, that were really Matt heavy. So Jamie, uh, you wrote in um, a question. We will get to that. Um, we're going to bring Matt back in another episode and we'll, we'll talk about some of the points that you brought up. And Taylor, I don't know if you remember this because we were also going to ask him about someone, I think a fan asked about how real out found the digital festival like do you remember we were talking about i don't even know how this came up we were just talking about would reel out consider doing more digital things in the future and then we were like oh we should ask matt how he compares this festival last year do you remember this conversation vaguely yeah, yeah me like too. how did it I was how did it go yeah. essentially yeah. like how did it, yes i think <laughs> like a, a follow-up a follow-up yeah like how did so I, you know yeah. it being digital how did it go 
Yeah. So I think we'll, we will bring Matt back on. He, he always loves doing this. We love talking to Matt. So we'll we'll have a Matt Salton episode soon and we'll ask those questions um, and we'll we'll hear from Matt. So I just wanted to let people know that that's why we didn't go into more fan questions for Matt. We will come back to that um, when we just have him on. Um, and another quick note, a couple people wrote in fan questions that we're going to shift till next week because they were kind of conjuring follow-ups and part two of the conjuring episode is going to be next week. So just so everyone knows, we're still doing it. We're just taking a one week break and part two is next week. So we will be talking, well, specifically about the conjuring three films and we're going to review the devil made me do it. I am very pumped. Have you watched it yet as of this? No, because I wanted it to be fresh. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. So I'm going to watch it this weekend. So that's like fresh in my mind. I did yeah. watch the Bo Burnham Burnham special. Oh, so I might. And I know we're going to have a Bo episode like in a couple well, weeks. Episode. And I yep. may like it was so good. I'll probably rewatch it. That's like a spoiler. I've heard nothing but, but good things about it. It was yeah. amazing. Okay. Like, well, yeah. This guy. Well, we have our Bo episode. Yeah. Bo should be allowed to do everything. Whatever he wants to do. Give him a blank check. <laughs> Maybe all this talk will finally get him to respond to us and we can give him an award. Oh, so fingers we'll, crossed. We'll I asked yeah. I asked my dad today. I said, hey, how's our award coming along? He hasn't started. He knows exactly what it's going to look like. He told me he has, you know, in his mind's eye, he knows exactly what the statue is going to look like. He just hasn't started yet. To be fair. In his mind, it's already done. In his mind, it's finished. (laughs) (laughs) He's been busy. Like my grandma had to move out of her house and stuff. So anyways, he's been a busy man, but it's on his radar. And he, he told me, you know, he's just really going to pick between a brass base or a wooden base. Like, I don't know. He's got, I trust him. It's going to look good. Yeah. We'll let him make we'll let him make all those decisions that doesn't you know whatever he thinks is going to look best but that's that's good yeah and i think the the bull burnham episode will kind of dive in that special and I'll, and i'll watch it too and then we'll do a we'll do a matt salton episode and we'll we'll catch up on all these things there's a couple movies that came out streaming wise i want to talk about um that we'll do a catch up on you know we've got we've got stuff but content. next week is definitely conjuring and i think we were gonna the following week was gonna be our bow episode yeah i think i think that's what we had talked about so we'll stick to that so yeah next week the 22nd we'll have the second part of our our conjuring series and then the 29th we'll do our our bow episode and then when we get into july we can look at some other things and you know usually in the summer taylor you and i try to take a little bit of time off so we'll do that as well but don't worry we'll always have we've, we've got some extra content in the queue everybody <laughs> so don't worry you're always going to have something new every week we got some fun stuff uh coming up so so stay tuned for that um before we let people go though i just a very quick note taylor and this is more just i don't know i just need to say this to somebody i don't particularly agree with some of the filmmaking decisions that have been made this past month about releasing things only in theaters because there's so many parts of the world especially ontario where we can still not go to theaters so what movies are you missing out on uh a quiet place too okay can't get it anywhere can't get it anywhere cannot but like uh, at least so so what they did with um devil made me do it and what they did with i think you'd said the spiral movie is that the is that the is that the you did 
the Saw movie. You, you oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that called Spiral? I don't yeah. know. I just thought it was the <laughs> I, Saw I didn't bring re- it up. Yes, you did. Saw reboot. <laughs> yes, okay. I think well, I called Saw it the reboot. Saw reboot. <laughs> okay, fine. Right. The Saw reboot. Sorry. The Saw reboot. Uh, Spiral, the apparently. Same thing, where you can, you can purchase it through YouTube or right. through various things, but you can't The $25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's for nine dollars. But I mean, if two people went to a movie, yeah, that's your yeah, ticket. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's kind of worth it if you watch it with someone. It's worth it. But I would spend twenty five dollars on a quiet place too. But they're doing it because they're saying you have to see it in the movie theaters. You have to see it. It's so important. Well, it's so not fair film, to us because we no, the movie theaters not. aren't open, and they probably aren't going to be open until July. At and least. guess what? If your film is good enough, I'd probably go see it again in the theaters. Like, if it's that good, then I'm going to go see it. But if you're insecure about it, well, yeah, oh, we don't want anyone to see it. Like, I just think it's not good. It's not conducive to the time. It's ignoring the world. I think it's just like an American-centric view. I think like, mm-hmm. oh, American mm-hmm. theaters are open and they don't care about anyone else. Well, I mean, I don't want to. It's not everybody, but a lot of the filmmakers who are the most um, uh, against the, the streaming world seem to be working primarily in the States, seem to be focused primarily there. And I think they have a bubble to to what's going on in the U.S. And right now, lots of people can go see movies there. But that's not true, first of all, of every country. And it's definitely not true of most of Canada. So I just think you missed They're losing out, out. They're losing out yeah. on the market. Because I would have I would have spent... 30s of dollars because i mean i i, I spent 30 of my dollars of my dollars because i spent 30 of my dollars on mulan so i'm obviously gonna spend it on a quiet place too like i was thinking so the the saw reboot and in the heights both yep. came on my my thing for about 24 dollars or whatever and i was thinking hmm well you know, I, I, I could wait to see these or I could buy them now. I don't know. Again, I was going to kind of wait to see how our show yeah. goes. Maybe in a couple of weeks if we were looking for something new. Okay, now I'll purchase it. But A Quiet Place too, I would have bought right away and we would be talking about it. But now we can't. We've missed out. By the time we talk about it, it's going to be August. Old news. <laughs> and no, Yeah, it'll be old news and no one will be talking about it anymore. Anyway, I just wanted to get that in there. A little bit of a rant. You have I one more thing good. you have to get in though. What? You fixed our website. Oh, right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so you said, like, what are you, you talking said, about? When you were like, oh, I have to say something. I'm like, okay, he's going to talk about the website. Nope. Yeah. I no, was not sorry, anticipating I had my rant your first. rant. <laughs> oh, go, yeah. Right. Go for okay. It. So last week we talked about how a couple people were trying to use the website to send us questions and, and whatever. I, I think I found the problem. So there are three spots on our website where you can just submit a form to ask us questions. It's in the home page, the podcast page, and the contact page. The home page and the podcast page are all good to go. You can, fans submitted questions this week. I did plenty of tests. So if you go to screeningkingston.com, if you go to the podcast part of the site, home or podcast, either one, it doesn't matter. You fill out the form, it's all fixed. You can submit fan questions that way, no problem at all. The area you can't, and I'm just going to disable it, is is the contact us page. That was the one that wasn't working. The one so, page that people the probably one page were like, that people oh, contact us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, I know it was a mistake, Taylor. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna, we fixed it. Um, I'm just going to disable that. So the contact us will still have our email there. Um, but then the forms you can find on the podcast where you listen or download our podcast or the homepage when you first go onto the website. So 
it's it's fully fixed and you can go there as of this podcast being out so screeningkingston.com homepage or the podcast page you can write in your questions the people did it this week i tested it it worked Perfectly. The people, so the people, the people. It. Well, the people who asked this week. I think, I think Austin's question came through the website, so it, it clearly worked. Thumbs up, it worked. Good job. So the website Mike. is fixed. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so obviously, the contact page—that's a problem. Over time, when I have more time, I'll I'll put a form back on there that works. But that's the that's the one that that wasn't working. So there okay. you go. All right. It's all fixed. Now you can send us your questions to our Gmail. And your hate. You can send us your questions website. Your questions and, and your hate. Yeah. And oh and your hate. Yeah. Because my oh, friend Katie was good. gonna write in yes. hate. <laughs> I still would like Katie to write in. If she's you been busy. She was busy with so work. Her place of employment. And uh she's been she's been busy. So well, let Katie know. It's good to good to go in whenever because I would like to whatever this Tom Hanks discussion was gonna be, I I'd love to to hear it because I mean I personally like Tom Hanks and I don't know what what it was that was said that that made the problem but we'll we'll discuss it because tom hanks is worth talking about cool now i'm thinking oh maybe i shouldn't have disclosed her place of employment so go back and edit that out mike (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) so just say she's been busy at work katie's been busy at work (laughs) <laughs> you're, like, for putting... you're crying you're crying because you're like i already had so much to do today <laughs> it's going to be and you know what i'm gonna edit that out but i'm keeping this part yeah in the just podcast. just put like a redacted like a beep oh yeah put a sure. noise I'll either, over I'll either, it. I'll either beep it out or i'm just gonna take your sound bite and retroactively put it in there so it sounds weird so it's like her place of employment or something like it's good. I'm going to do something like that because it's going to take me forever to edit this episode anyway. So I might as well have a little bit of fun with it. But yes, yeah. I will uh, make sure that you didn't say uh, her place. You know, privacy and everything. Privacy and everything. <laughs> um, I was thinking that when you said it, but I was like, oh, OK. I always like to brag because it's such a cool job. It is a cool job, uh, whatever that job may be. Yeah, now uh, you don't know. Set, Katie's set job <laughs> is extremely cool, but I understand. And thank you, Taylor, for giving me that uh, for catching that, extra that work. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm glad you. I'm glad you caught it. I'm glad you gave me that little little <laughs> bit of extra work this episode. Um, but uh, yeah, there there you go, everybody. Um, thank you for for listening this week, Screening Kingston. We want to thank our guests, um, Kimmy, Lisbeth, and Matt, for all coming on the show. Please do go check out. Uh, the Real Out Showcase. There are two great programs, $13 each for the two programs. It's the exact same way as it works through their festival. So they've got their eventive site set up. You can go right there. You can you can pay with a credit card, $13 easy, stream the films. Um, it's nice because for $13, uh, you get to see the intangible queer, which we just talked about, and then it's just another. So for twenty six dollars total, you get like six films or something. So like much content, really yeah, lots of stuff for like twenty six dollars. <laughs> so very, very good. So definitely go check it out, realout.com for more information. And we will be back next week, Taylor, with the Conjuring. Woo-hoo! It's going to be a lot of fun. Go stream some movies. You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com.